When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, welcome back, beautiful people. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payment Daniel Porter. And firstly, I just want to thank all of the viewers and listeners uh, for all of the emails and questions that you've sent in. Listen, these are uh, how we come up and, and determine our, our, our topics for these. So keep them coming. Uh, we definitely appreciate the feedback. Today, we have a very exciting guest. And, you know, I think there are so many different myths and uh, you know, these false ideas of what a neurotoxin actually is. And I'm going to say neurotoxin. We're, you know, for a long time, we've been just using Botox as, you know, the moniker for every single type of neurotoxin. But I think, um, you know, today your eyes will be opened. And so I hope you learned uh, something. I definitely have. Our guest uh, is Dr. Rui Avalar, who arguably to me is one of the most knowledgeable experts in the world on neurotoxins. Um, you know, head of research and development, as well as the chief medical officer to Evelis. And uh, Evelis's neurotoxin is Juveau, happens to be a product that both Dr. Daniel Poor and I absolutely love. Uh, but you're going to learn next level information here today. And so we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks the for nice having me. The thing is, we've heard you speak many times and always have been very amazed. Um, I'll be honest, I fall asleep easily uh, during lectures. And uh, every time that I hear you speak, I am at the edge of my seat and I learn a lot. So mm -hmm. for all the listeners, you guys, listen up. You're going to learn a lot about the most common cosmetic procedure in the world. And in my opinion, and I know Dr. Lakey's opinion, probably the best treatment to really halt the progression of aging. Mm -hmm. So for everyone that, that always listens to our podcast, we always say the number one thing you can do to slow aging is use a neurotoxin. Again, neurotoxin, you guys know it as Botox, but there's multiple different brands. And today we have Dr. Avalar here to really kind of educate us. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I was going to say, listen, you know, there's so much to talk about, um, but I definitely want to start with Kind of give me, you have such an interesting history and the reason why I think you're the, you know, the most knowledgeable in this space is because you've seen the gamut. Um, but listen, I'm going to let you uh, run away with it. Uh, be prepared to be wild people. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Always. It, it's just like, I, I think that 
there's a saying, you know, when the neighbor moves in and says, oh, we're completely normal. <laughs> That's when you get worried, right? Setting a standard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, uh, yes, thank you. I, you know, I, I did practice medicine for a while, and I sat on your side of the street, and it's kind of interesting to go into, into industry. It's a complete different perspective. Um, I was going to jump on the comment that you made in terms of toxins and, um, you know, slowing the progression of aging. And, you know, we do see that. One of the things, there's actually, believe it or not, science behind that. We uh, did a really large uh, study uh, that had almost 1,000 patients in it. And there was actually two studies. And we followed patients for a course of a year. A lot of times when you do a study, you get one treatment. I'm going to pause here. It's, it's an aesthetic wreck. I, I think I... <laughs> <laughs> The follow-up may be with you two gentlemen. <laughs> but, uh, but quite often when you see these big trials, you get one treatment and then the patient gets followed. Uh, we did one study where it was 1,000 patients basically and uh, followed them for a full year. And patients kind of like in real life, you know, you don't have any wrinkles, you don't come in. If you wrinkles start to come back, you would come back and get retreated. At the beginning of the study, over 90% of the patients had like these embedded wrinkles like I have. And so the interesting thing about that study was what happens when you relax that tissue for a year? You know, can stuff regenerate? Can it get better? And lo and behold, at the end of the year, we looked at patients and we looked at the wrinkles at rest, which is kind of the, the damage. S between 70 to 80% after the course of one year, we're already seeing improvement and reversal, Amazing. kind of regeneration improvement of the tissue. So it, it does have some nice powers. So the interesting part is that, it, that people say, is it too late for me to do, to do uh, neurotoxin? And no, you have the, the evidence right there. I mean, obviously, if you let yourself go for too long, it's maybe you know, too late. But, but generally speaking, it really does help. And I, and I could say it for myself. I remember coming out of residency and looking at myself and, wow, I've, I have such deep wrinkles everywhere. And we ended up injecting ourselves. And I tell you, I mean, these deep wrinkles that were there in my forehead and my crow's feet and my frown lines, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And I don't even do it as much as I should. But it really makes a huge difference. Uh, you know, listen, uh, um, Canadian-born, uh, you know, bring me through, when you arrived here, you're, you're, you know, I understand that you practice medicine, and what was, what was like the tipping point to bring you into industry, and it's interesting because you didn't start at Evelyn's. No, I didn't. Um, so I, I am Canadian-born. I, I trained in Toronto, medical school in Toronto, and then practiced in Vancouver, British Columbia, for 20 years. And the thing about Canada is uh, it's a socialized medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, and so uh, I played in two fields. I, I was in the public sector, but I also was in the private sector. And as you mentioned, one of the teams I looked after was the Vancouver Canucks, which is an NHL team. And... Um, you know, the government was basically saying, we can't have a two-tiered system. Huh. And, uh, you know, that, you know, you can't have private pay. This is evil. And <laughs> the irony is the number one user of the private sector was the government. So... <laughs> it's I, funny how that works. It's funny how that works. <laughs> so I, I had a, a really fun career. I had a 
a great time and it was just kind of a natural progression to go do something else and uh, the way I ended up in California ironically enough was as the chief medical officer for Allergan <laughs> all right guys so Allergan is the uh, the maker creator of Botox uh, cosmetic uh, and as well as its uh, you know, regen or its reconstructive uh, product but um, you know it's interesting because a lot of times we use that interchangeably with any of the neurotoxins because people recognize that. Mm -hmm. But I think that's slowly starting to change. And you were there uh, as part as their CMO as well, um, you know, and their R and D team. And and it's interesting to me because now you've seen these true neurotoxins from inception now to the evolution of what we have available to us. So I'm curious to get your take on it. Well, it's it's interesting. I, <clears throat> I've learned a lot and I continue to learn a lot. And for those of you who don't know the history of I was just gonna ask you toxin, that, mm -hmm. right out of my mouth. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a really fascinating thing. Many years ago, there were a bunch of Germans having sausage and, <laughs> and a bunch of them died. And uh, so they kind of reversed engineered and realized that the sausage had this bug in it called uh, um, botulinum. It was clustered in botulinum, and it made this toxin. And then a guy by the name of Scott kind of thought, you know, we can leverage this, this thing that relaxes muscle and do something good with it. So he was treating patients with ocular disorders, people who were cross-eyed, strabismus. And, uh, and the way it came into aesthetic medicine was kind of really interesting. It was Gene and Alistair Carruthers, two mm -hmm. dermatologists and ocul uh, ophthalmologists mm -hmm. in uh, Vancouver. And they just made the astute observation um, and listened to their patients. Uh, a patient came in and said, you know, uh, you're treating me for this eye problem, but my wrinkles are gone. Uh, so they did what every good <laughs> clinician does. They did their trial. Uh, which means they went and grabbed their secretary and said, come here, I'm going to inject you. <laughs> yes. Guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, uh, they're the ones who really should be credited with this whole movement. Uh, I mean, Allergan did a really wonderful job in investing and building this community. And they, you know, people like Mitchell Brin and David, uh, uh, David Pyatt, who's CEO, mm -hmm. I, I mean, they were pioneers in bringing all this stuff forward. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. We're, we're obviously talking about the aesthetic benefit here. Um, but one thing that a lot of folks don't realize is there may actually be this central benefit. And <clears throat> there was a, a really interesting paper that was published by a guy by the name of Lewis. And I believe he was out of Cambridge in the UK. And a lot of people were saying, I just feel better. And is that because the way you look, or, or what is it? And what he did was something really interesting. He grabbed a bunch of folks who had had like filler or some sort of aesthetic treatment, and then the other half that had a neurotoxin treatment. And then what he did is he looked at aesthetic improvement. And turns out that both those groups had the same amount of aesthetic improvement, okay. Then what he did, he looked at irritability, anxiety, and depression. And, and when I speak about irritability, anxiety, and depression, I'm not talking about a pathological state. I'm talking about, you know, think about yourself. Um, I went to work, it was sunny, I had a great day. Sure, normal, every day. I'm happy. Stressors. Right? I was on my way home, I got into a fender better, I'm a little bit depressed, and my mm -hmm. kid got a D, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so within that normal spectrum. 
Anyway, so what he did was he looked at irritability, anxiety, and depression across these two groups and found that those are neurotoxins were actually scoring much higher, much better when they looked at things like depression and anxiety. Interesting. So then he did another study, which was really interesting. He grabbed a bunch of people and basically put golf tees on their forehead. And he would say to them, and then he would give them an image or a passage or something to look at or read. And then you would look at this passage or this, this image and, and you would score it. And you could either look at it kind of normally, or he would ask you to bring the golf tees together. Now look at this image. So to bring the golf tees together, he was actually asking you to frown without telling you to frown. And the interesting thing is when you frown or bring the golf tees together, you perceive things more negatively. The images, the passages were all perceived more negatively. So it's a long way of saying, when you relax those glabellar complex muscles, people perceive things less negatively. And this led on to other things and started, what about treating depression? And there was a, a small series, about 12 patients, this kind of got started, where uh, a bunch of folks who were on antidepressives who really weren't doing well, they got treated, and the majority of them actually came off their antidepressants. Wow. So we're seeing that this has positive psychological effects, and, uh, and you know now it's being looked at for a multitude of things like major affective disorders, depression. We know that it's used for post-stroke spasticity, Amazing. migraines. It just goes on and on. So it's, it's been a really, really fascinating drug. So for it makes you hands. look better and feel better. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's listen, a good, especially it's a good thing. with today's mental health issues and, and things like that. I mean, it, again, I think the, it, it, the possibilities there are, uh, seem to be very um, positive. Now, for, so. for, for those that are listening that don't know, um, what are really the indications and, and, and what can neurotoxins be used for? Now, I, I mean, you could start and talk about cosmetics, but we just had a little t talk before this started about how therapeutic uses of neurotoxins are even, you know, even more prevalent than using it for cosmetics. Um, just so the people that are listening understand that this can really be used for significant problems that have no solutions, um, and it could be a really easy fix. Sure, uh, and when we touched on some of them, like when it started, it was, you know, for people who were having trouble with their eyes, the muscles that were making you cross-eyed, instead of going in and surgically cutting or releasing a muscle, you could simply inject it and relax that muscle so you can align the eyes. You, some people have that twitching, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's been mm -hmm. wonderful because, you know, we live in a society where your facial features, as you all know, um, people will judge. And, and having twitches or having these ticks are things that, mm -hmm. that can be problematic. We know that people who have had uh, strokes and look asymmetrical, we're able to relax the other side to create symmetry. Mm -hmm. We've seen things on the therapeutic theme. I mentioned migraines. Uh, we're talking about things like uh, depress uh, depressions. Um, we're looking at people who've had strokes and have either upper limb spasticity or lower limb spasticity <clears throat> that we can treat. And, you know... Um, some people have bladder issues mm -hmm. and you know we walk around without any issues some folks can't be more than a stone thrown away from a bathroom uh, 
be it because of a, a spinal issue, issue or something iatrogenic or idiopathic, and we, we can actually treat that with this. So, and, and we continue to broaden it. We're now looking at even potentially treating for scar. Uh, so when people... And there's some, there's some papers about that, That's using right. facial scars <laughs> and injecting Botox directly into it, micro-Botox, showing that by relaxing the area, the scar can heal better, which kind of makes sense, right? I mean, it does. So, yeah, it's amazing the, the different indications that a neurotoxin can be used for. Now, in this practice, we really use it cosmetically more than anything else. And when we inject it into, you know, you use it for your frown lines, for your forehead lines, for the lines around your eyes, which are the crow's feet. But then you can use it to really relax the jaw, sure, for the masseters, for people to really grind. These are things that, you know, people have such problems, get bad migraines or headaches or break teeth. You put a little bit of, of a neurotoxin into the muscle, the masseter, and it really kind of relieves it into the neck for the necklines. I mean, we can keep going. Now there's something called trap tox, where they're putting significant amount of Botox in the trapezius muscle to relax the shoulders. I mean, it, we go on and on and on. There's a lot of really great indications, and, and it's a very easy procedure. Uh, most of these procedures take five minutes to do, and they last for about three to four months. So it's really it's just something that can be used all over, all over the body. You know, it's interesting because some of the, the feedback that we've gotten or the questions that people send in are, you know, how do I know which neurotoxin is the best or right for me? And it's interesting because as physicians, we're very data-driven. And so we look at this, the studies and we say, all right, uh, this one looks like it's better, uh, looks to be more efficacious, even though the rep from every single company comes in and says, this is the best and here's why and we've got this, uh, you know. But you have the luxury of kind of uh, traveling from one monster company to another that is rapidly growing. And I think we're on the, you know, we can both agree that Juveau is an amazing product. And again, I'm not a salesperson for Juveau, but the idea is, you know, we want to give the best clinical outcomes to our patients because ultimately they're happy, which makes us happy. Why do you feel at the current time that Juveau is a superior neurotoxin? I mean, if we look at the history of where Botox came from and how long it's been around, um, you know, obviously when something's around for a long time, we assume that's the gold standard. But eventually there are some chinks in the armor that we, uh, we start looking at and when there are new uh, when there's new technology and new products and things like that, we want to evaluate and, and kind of look at head-to-head -head evaluations. Where are you along, uh, you know, that spectrum? Sure. <clears throat> so may, may, I'm going to do something completely unorthodox from, <laughs> a, from a company perspective, and, and I, I'll start with complementing uh, all the toxins that mm -hmm. are approved. I mean, if you have a botulinum toxin that has undergone the scrutiny of the FDA, you know, you, you have a good toxin. Mm -hmm. and, and I would suggest that, you know, the toxins that exist in the U.S., they're all pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. um, and clinicians such as yourself, I mean, you're masters at what you do, at your art. That's why you. you're here. Um, having said that, when we started, uh, we recognized that go uh, Botox is the gold standard. Mm -hmm. And when we were coming in, we were going to be the fourth entrant. So the pedigree of, of Evelis, where a lot of us are ex-Allergan folks, the, the individual who started, Chris Marmo, is uh, uh, an ex-R&D head. 
and a plastic surgeon, my name is Jeff Gross, was there, and, and Scott Canizero from J&J, and small core three. And, uh, and when we started that, we were looking for a botulinum toxin that was also what's called a 900 kilodalton complex, which is what Botox is. And it's, I know I'm getting a little Kind no, it's all right. Listen, we love we love the science for all for all of the nerds out there. We're there's a, we'll sprinkle a little good science in there too. That Botox is a different structure, and we just recognized that that was the standard. So we intentionally looked for one, and when we found it, uh, we licensed it in, and then we had this sobering conversation with the day woman who we licensed it from, and we said, okay, we're taking this to a completely different standard, and what we had was a completely dedicated, purpose-built, brand-new factory built to our specifications to build this drug to our specifications. And ultimately, you know, what's the data? And uh, unless you have head-to-head data, really, you shouldn't compare your drugs. So we recognized that we were the fourth entrant. And, uh, and as such, we did what's called uh, the pivotal trials, the big trials that, that get your approval. And we went head-to-head against Botox. Mm. And those are usually the non-inferiority studies where we look. And you, you, you essentially want to make sure that it's, you know, it's not worse. Exactly. Um, maybe you can elaborate on, on, on some of those. Sure. So the, it was a lot of patients, 540 patients. The entire program had over 2,000. But that head-to-head study unto itself was 540 patients. You either got Botox or you got Chavot. And, uh, and at the end, when you looked at the primary endpoint, the placebo groups, the ones who got saline, did not do very well. Uh, <laughs> um, Botox did really well, um, just high 82%, just under 83%. And interestingly enough, Chavot, 87%. So we took the gold standard and we came in at a, a really nice number. Um, and then we went through all the regulatories. We got approval in the United States, Canada, all the countries in Europe, and just recently Australia. The, the other interesting thing is um, we've looked at the data a few other ways. Uh, most of the aesthetic patients, as we know, are female. Uh, we see males coming in. And what we did was we did what's called a post hoc analysis. We took that head-to-head data and said, hey, wonder how this stuff works in men. And there aren't many papers published on glabella neurotoxins in men. We found one. And so we said, well, you know, the data are what the data are, so let's just have a look. And what we found, oh, I should take one step back. Men are interesting because uh, generally speaking, if you look at the glabella region, they tend to have a little bit more muscle mass. And in these studies, you're only allowed to use 20 units, so it's like one dose. So what happens is men tend to have kind of a less of an effect, and they tend to have less duration, because you're not allowed to adjust for muscle mass. So if you're going to do a post hoc analysis, really what you're looking at, I wonder how those two drugs compare from an efficacy and from a potency perspective. And what we found was Juveau worked even better in men. So when we looked at things like onset, the majority of patients greater than 50% were already within two days working. Mm -hmm. And if we looked at the duration, we we saw that pattern. So not statistically um, significant because the the sample, sample size, size is small, is small. and again, that's a little <coughs> geeky language, but, but the pattern was 
very, very consistent. We always did a little bit better than, than the, the Botox arm Jabot did. Amazing. And then the, the last piece of data that, that we just kind of looked at, which was kind of exciting, was um, millennials. And that kind of speaks to mm -hmm. your point. Um, we were really curious to see how our data in millennials compared to our older patients. And we know that the stuff works really, really well in older patients. That's the basis of these studies. They're typically, you know, patients over 50, 90% are female. So we, we have a, a really rich data set there. But again, very few patients ever look, do we, very few times do you ever look at the younger patients, as kind of sure. you mentioned. And what we found was every way we sliced it, it works even better in millennials. Just just any way you want to measure it, it, it did. Even things like subject satisfaction, we were wondering, I wonder you know, how a younger population defines satisfaction. And the scores came in like we saw 100% scores. Wow. And you know, it's, wow. it's interesting that you say this because for John and I to change a product in our practice, it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. Because again, we're, we're very much data driven. So we got the data and we look at it and we're like, hey, okay, let's try it now. First thing we do for most of the products, except for breast implants, because I can't put those in myself, <laughs> um, we try it. And I'll be honest with you, from the get-go, I was, I was sold because these are the things I like about the product. I love the rapid onset because, you know, as Americans, we like everything right away. You know, maybe in Europe it's a little different, but we want it done right now. So they want to get it and they want to see it right away. Well, obviously, no neurotoxin works right away, but I do believe that Juveau probably works the fastest. The other thing is the duration. The duration is as long. So it works faster and it lasts as long. So it works a little bit longer. And the third thing that I actually love about the product the most is it feels softer. And I don't, I don't know how to really kind of quantify that in a sense but just in my own face sometimes i feel very heavy when i get botox whereas with juvo is a little bit of a softer feeling in the sense that my brows aren't as heavy and it could be dose dependent or, or, or injector dependent but i feel a lot just softer and i think around the board across the board i should say all of our patients are very happy now mm. most patients come in and they say oh no but i've been doing this all the time it's like i've been drinking diet coke well you're going to switch me over to diet pepsi now but if i turn around and i tell them no trust me it's just as good if not better they trust the doctor and i think that's for us we've had no complaints people are like oh yeah this has been great and and we've moved along it's been a couple of years now um so i have to say the the product you guys have made is is like your studies have shown I think superior if, you know, definitely as good. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, again, this is an N of one, but the idea is a lot of the products that we use, we try, as you said, on ourselves first. And I noticed that I was blowing through Botox. It just wasn't, you know, I'd, I'd increase the dosages and then all of a sudden you'd hit a point where you didn't like the outcome. So it just wouldn't last as long uh, at the dosage that I preferred. And so I've tried the other products, you know, Xeomin and Dysport. And um, Xeomin, I felt, uh, listen, it, it, early onset, it just didn't last as long. No. And so I, for me, it, it just, you know, again, and nothing against the company, other people it may work just fine for. Dysport, I never understood because it required more fluid to get the same amount of units. Um, and, and to me, I wanted to be very focused and specialized, you know, specific to an area. 
Um, and you can change the dosing to try to do that, but it, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and then I came across Juveau and it ended up, uh, again, earlier onset lasted longer and I felt the same way. It was a kind of a, a springer, a springier effect, um, where it wasn't as heavy. You weren't either frozen or not. And so, uh, then we started using it in our patients and we would use it on our Botox tolerant patients, the ones who it just stopped working for. And all of a sudden they would see, you know, lack of movement and they would see the efficacy. How, how do you explain that? Yeah, what are your thoughts about that? That's a great question because you'll have people that come in all the time and be like, it doesn't work anymore. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Is it a dose thing or is it actually people developing resistance to the product? You know, it's, again, another excellent question. I, I must say, I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll share my experience with you, and this is all anecdotal. I have mm. no hard science, and, and, and I, I do want to touch on the other observation that both of you made on kind of a softer profile for Javeau, but, you know, structurally, um, this thing looks pretty close to the Botox molecule. Mm -hmm. Now, the really interesting thing is when we talk about making a device, you can look at this device, you can look at that device, and... You know, you can copy things. And you could look at it and say, yeah, they're the same. When you make a small molecule drug, and, um, uh, you know, you can make that look like that. You know, there's a carbon, there's a hydrogen. You could do the analytics, and they look identical. Mm -hmm. When you start playing with a biological, that's a whole oh, different, different game. <laughs> Here we're talking about a whole bunch of amino acids, like over a 1,000 and they've all got a shape. And when you manufacture, you can change the shape, you can do things to it that we, t in today's science, do not have the ability to measure or do the analytics on it. So whenever you're developing a biologic, what you'll hear is your manufacturing process is your drug. And that's different. That's a completely different vernacular than you get anywhere else, like in, in science. Mm -hmm. And as such, as I reminded you, or as I, I kind of shared with you, you know, we had a brand new building built for this. So it's all brand new machines, everything else. And, and so we have a, you know, a very high pure drug. And um, if I come back to your question now, uh, I actually got a phone call from a, an aesthetic physician who said, hey, I've got a, a patient and Botox doesn't work anymore. I was thinking of using your drug. What do you think? And my first reaction was, I, I don't think it'll work. You know, they're both technically so, 900. Yeah. She called me back and said it worked. And, uh, and I was really surprised. And then, funny enough, uh, a, li a little later on, I actually got a call from a neurologist here from UCLA in your neck of the woods. And it's a patient who had something called cervical dystonia. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and she said, where can I get your stuff? Um, Zeman doesn't work, Dysport doesn't work, Botox doesn't work. To which I said, I, I don't. Yeah, it's good luck. Yeah. Uh, she said, oh, it, Juvo works. Um, 
uh, a friend of mine is a dermatologist. I was quite desperate for this patient, so I, I got, and it works perfectly. That's great. Now, I, I'm not, again, in, in fair balance, I'm not trying to say we're better than the others. I'm just saying, structurally, there's a difference here. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, my friends at Allergan one day will tell a reverse story here. Mm -hmm. But structurally, they're different molecules. So when we, we, when we hear about, you know, onset or duration or different performance attributes, it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. on, on the softer side, that's a, We've heard that quite frequently, that Juveau just seems to give you kind of a bit of a softer, kind of more natural look. And, and if I think back a little bit, when, when we looked at the aesthetic cycles, you know, bell bottoms, straight legs, <laughs> there, was, there was a time where the ultimate outcome was complete annihilation. You're right. Shiny forehead. Frozen, right? Right. definitely. <laughs> Porcelain doll, hockey puck, mm -hmm. I want yeah. to look yes. at that. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and we're, we're seeing a movement away from that. And I, I mm -hmm. recognize it's Very regional. Much so. mm -hmm. But that has been one of the things that we've heard back. Javot just seems to give you kind of a, a, a softer, it doesn't, allows you to do a little bit of twitch so it looks a little bit more natural. And if I think about it from a physiological standpoint, one thing that we seem to see, we seem to hear back is it's a very precise drug. And so where you put it, um, it works. And so it allows a couple of little fibers to kind of continue to work so that you don't have that heaviness and you have a little bit more of the natural look. And again, a little bit antidotal, but this is kind of what we keep doing. Well, definitely. Sense. I mean, it, listen, it, it makes sense for us because we, you know, here in, in Los Angeles, we take care of a lot of actors and they still want movement, but they want their, they don't want to lose their position to a younger counterpart. And so they want little bits. So what they'll do is they'll come a little more frequently and we give them smaller amounts and it, you know, it does, it, pro it allows them to make expressions without uh, creating those deep furrows. And that's, uh, I think is a game changer for them. I have another question. We, we discussed this at the meeting a little bit uh, when we were all together. So there's this newer neurotoxin that's supposed to last for six months and, um, it's, it seems like it's just dose dependent. Um, just a very simple correlation of, hey, if you dilute it with a certain amount um, and inject a certain amount, it's just gonna last longer. Um, it's that simple, isn't it? Um, again, another excellent question. That, that's right. They, um, they have a drug, it seems like a, a very good drug, and, uh, and they've effectively doubled the dose. And if, if you look at the data and you look at what they get with 20 units, and this was all published again, Gene Carruthers published that, and then you compare that to the doubling of the dose, um, you get longer duration. And if you really, really scrutinize the data, the increment is about 30% longer. Uh, and again, in all fairness to all the other toxins, we, we've seen that uh, Siemens has also shown that when you increase the dose, you get longer duration. Disport's done that. Botox has done that. Uh, I recently presented our interim data in Paris at the MCAS meeting, and we also showed that when you double the dose, we get a, a longer duration. And although not a head-to-head -head study, if you look at Javot at 40 units, um, this data is very comparable to, to what we're seeing with the quote-unquote longer duration. 
and, and, and it really speaks to you as clinicians, um, really have that control. I, I mean, they're the same vials. You have that ability to look at patients, listen to their objectives, and be able to dial it up, dial it down. It, it's really important what you just said, because a lot of people that are listening, we, I, I'll get this all the time, where you're a patient that comes in, don't give me too much. It's that constant, you know, or it's, it's the person that comes in to see Dr. Lakey says, I want a mini lift. And you really need a facelift. It's, there's no mini lift. It's like, it's like baby Botox. It's been this term that people use. And listen, we don't give you more than you need, but there's a certain there's a certain threshold where if you don't have enough, it's not enough. And people, don't, it's very important to understand, it's very dose dependent. E each muscle needs a certain amount of neurotoxin for it to really have the effect. Um, and obviously the more you put, the more quote unquote frozen it will be, and the longer it will last. The less you put, the more movements you'll get, then the shorter it'll last. But people still haven't been able to get that. And this, this the latest uh, neurotoxin that came out really shows that it's very just simple. It's a very dose-dependent thing. So, you know, for, for you people that are listening, you don't necessarily need to get this new new neurotoxin. You could just get the old one just at higher doses with lower reconstitution. It's just the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, our, I don't even know if you're able to, to talk about any of these things, but if we look at the world of neurotoxins and, you know, where Avalis is now or and, and the neurotoxins you vote, what current ongoing studies are there that you think are going to be pivotal or game changers or things like that? And where's the future going? So uh, Javot right now obviously is indicated for glabellar lines. Um, the, the really interesting thing, and you know this, uh, I'm, I'm just sharing it more with the audience's benefit. Um, if we look at the FDA label and we look at how neurotoxins are used, I would suggest 95% of toxins are used off-label. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Not the right dose, not in the right places. Definitely. And, and it kind of speaks to the point that you were just bringing up. I mean, you're pros, and, and you assess patients, you assess their anatomy, mm -hmm. you listen to what they're looking for, to their objectives, and you match those. And that takes skill. And if you think about taking a drug through a regulatory process, You'll never hear the terms FDA and laid back in this. <laughs> so when you invest literally millions and millions of dollars to, to get labels, uh, unfortunately, you, you would never get the understanding of the nuances that is second to you. I mean, you, right, it's just sure. so natural no, for you. Makes sense. So th that's one consideration as we think about investing in toxins and, and doing clinical trials. Having said that, we do have kind of a, a secret project going on right now where we're looking at a neurotoxin composition that doesn't exist today. It's a brand new formulation that looks nothing like <clears throat> anything that exists today. And so that means one of two things. Uh, it's a really great idea or really bad idea. <laughs> so if it's a bad idea, if you invite me back, I'm not gonna say anything about it. Um, instead, we at least, Evelis as a company, we're, we're looking at other things. We've, we wanted to build the neurotoxin franchise, Javo, and make that the flagship. It makes sense sure. for a variety of business reasons. Uh, we're now investing and uh, we're bringing on uh, hyaluronic acid fillers. Great. Uh, we're starting those clinical trials. We have a really cool technology there. 
And we're very, very active on the business development front, uh, looking at things that are really early onset to things that are kind of later stage. And uh, I marvel at what you do here at this facility. Like, <clears throat> you're so way ahead of the curve when you think about regenerative medicine mm -hmm. and, uh, and just kind of health. You're, you're going beyond the aesthetic. You're actually thinking of the entire health of the patient and how to stave off the, the aging process. So we're very interested in looking at things like gene therapy and a variety of different things. So that's great. I think that's probably dollars better spent on an R&D perspective than, than trying to get a label for yeah, definitely. You know how to do already. You're right, because we're, we're, we're doing it anyway. And so to spend millions of dollars to just tack that onto the label, I think, is, uh, is futile. Sorry. I know we don't have a ton of time left, but I have one quick question. Ever think about a reversal agent like we do for you know, yeah. hyaluronic acid? And I only say this because, again, we've injected tens of thousands of people, and, and there's probably less than a 1% chance that there's ever a problem. But there's people that don't like their Botox once in a blue moon. And there's never been this reversal agent. So basically the way it works is if you get any type of neurotoxin, it lasts about three to four months, and that's what it is. If you don't like it, it is what it is. You can kind of make some adjustments. But generally speaking, you can't get rid of it until it goes yeah, away Yeah, we'll tell itself. people, that, you know, do perform exercises, try to work the product out, all, you know, all kinds of things. For if it's the lid, we'll use aproclonidine, you, you know, yeah. the kind of... But that's a, it's I'm such just a curious, is it even yeah. something that we th you think about ever? Because it's so different than, you know, hyaluronic acid, you put it in the lip, you see it, you inject it, and it gets rid of it. This is, you injected it up in multiple areas. Like, how does... Yeah, so uh, let me give you a really short answer and then give you the longer answer. <clears throat> so the really short answer is really tough to do. Mm -hmm. um, that's and, what I thought. And the, the, the longer answer is... Uh, is kind of one of the reasons why this stuff is so safe. Like we use the word neurotoxin, but you know, if you take a blood pressure pill, uh, what happens is you take the pill and then you get what's called a systemic dose. You get a certain concentration in your blood and it only works while you have that concentration in your blood as an example. And that's true for most drugs. Neurotoxins are completely different. What a neurotoxin does is you inject it into the muscle, and the, the reason why it's so safe is this stuff is so potent that you're giving a tiny whiff. You're literally injecting a couple molecules in mm -hmm. there, and it goes into the muscle and, uh, or into the nerve, and it cleaves something, and I'm trying to make this simple. It, it cleaves something called the SNAP25 so that you can't activate the muscle so mm -hmm. it stays relaxed that cleavage is irreversible mm -hmm. so you inject it you cleave it and the reason it takes say three to four months is that's how long your body takes to rebuild that snap 25 and so once you've injected the toxin you've got that little cleavage and that's why it works so nice and that's also why the safety profile in this is fantastic because it does, you don't have to have that systemic concentration. You don't have to take that pill every day to kind of sustain that blood level because we just add a little whiff. It's not even detectable in your blood system. Again, why it's so safe. And so it's, it's a, a really nice feature for your patients, but the reversibility, once that's cleaved, you gotta, Mother Nature's gotta rebuild that baby for you. And it's interesting what you just said because that's really important because we didn't touch on it at all. Um, Clostridium, it is, a, it is a toxin and it can cause paralysis. And, and, but 
it's given in such small doses that, that Dr. Avalar just said that it could never cause those issues, guys. Please listen, listen up. People come in, they're like, I'm not putting that toxin in my body. It is a purified protein, right? And it is just works just locally into where it's injected at a very, very, very small level. So it's never gonna become systemic, it's never gonna harm you. And again, this is from the biggest expert that there is out mm -hmm. there. Yeah, never say never, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. but uh, but just to kind of do this, when I'll just kind of repeat a little bit. When when you do a drug, generically speaking, typically what you do is you look for systemic levels, and the FDA regulatory bodies say, "Hey, you just treated that. What level is in the blood?" Mm -hmm. This is the only product I've ever seen that I know of. It's untraceable. Wow! Like the volume is so low, the amount is so small because it's so potent, you can't find this stuff anywhere. So that's, that's, that's great, nice that's great to know. That's a, that's a great thing to know that, again, it's not gonna be found in, um, you have any good take home messages for our guests? Cause I know that you have to be somewhere soon. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I have a question for you just right at the start. I. Um, I really do need a consult. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as this is over, I think I'm going to do your You know what's interesting? Uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just told um, you that on Friday, I was injected. And today is Monday. I was injected on Friday. I woke up on Saturday morning, and it had all kicked in. And yeah, it's, limited movement. It is unbelievable because any other toxin would have taken at least five to seven days for it to work. Yeah. And it's great. That instant gratification is wonderful because you get it. And then if you want to tweak it or do anything, you can a couple of days later. But I'm, I'm wrinkle free now. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, you know, I learned something. I hope our listeners and viewers have as well. Um, you know, again, there's, there are a lot of, there are four different major and now a, a, a fifth coming out to the market, but neurotoxins. And um, you can tell which way we lean uh, only because of the our usage um, and our anecdotal evidence. I mean, uh, again, I think you have delivered some very effective studies that show the power of this neurotoxin, and we look forward to the future and, and what's to come. I, I, you know, I know you are busy flying around the world, and so we're extremely grateful that you spent time with us today. Um, and we hope to have you back. Uh, we definitely do. So thank you so much for being with us. Again, thanks thank again. It just has been a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Avalar, if someone has any inform or any questions, further questioning, is there somewhere that you would direct them to um, where maybe they can get some frequently asked uh, questions answered and, and things like that? Sure. Um, you know, if you just off the talk. Obviously, I'm always available. We and we we have a medical affairs group that's pretty top notch. Our our head of medical affairs is actually a board certified plastic surgeon, oh, and uh, and all our um, medical affairs folks that we call Max Medical Affairs clinicians, they're that's all awesome. the real deal. They they actually have all treated patients. So we have a pretty decent network. So feel free to send them our way. Love that. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, again, I learned something. I know Dr. Danipour has, and and hopefully you did as well. Thank you so much for spending your time with us uh, once again. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payment Daniel Poor. You can watch us on YouTube, TikTok, or you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. Yeah.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.